Okay, so welcome to this episode of um, Coffee and Anti-Racism. And yeah, I'm Rebecca Hemmings. I'm the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy, a small company based in Birmingham. And we educate people around race and help organisations to become anti-racist. Now, why am I creating this particular episode? I hadn't planned to do it. Um but such is the need. So at the time of creating this, uh, just a few days ago, a young girl was viciously and um, violently attacked outside her school in Ashford, Kent. And whilst this video, so this podcast episode isn't about that particular incident, I find it too distressing to go into any great detail. What I will say, I, I, I want to cover how I felt uh, watching it, and I know this will be mirrored by many other black people who watched that video. Um, but more importantly, I just want to speak to schools and what um, the urgency is. I want to speak about the urgency of having to deal with a, an increase in racist incidents. We see it. We get calls on a regular basis, or emails on a regular basis, or we get parents saying, can you do something, um, or recommendations from uh, parents who know there's something going on in the school or, or and so on. And it's just really quite frightening what's happening. It's frightening not only because of the incidents that are taking place, but because of the lack of urgency to do anything about it. And I, I know what that is. And so I'm going to speak about why, what I believe are some of the reasons behind why uh, schools, not all schools, but a lot, um, are dragging their feet with this. I'm just going to say it as I feel it. This is coffee and anti-racism. It's just a space for me to to speak, right? We're just going to say it as it is. So, um, so first of all, what I want to say is um, vicarious racism is real, man. It's real. It's real. So this is feeling, you know, seeing an incident of racism and and you know happen to somebody else, and you probably don't know that person, but you feel it as though that person was someone that you knew. And that's what happened when I saw that video of that girl. Um, oh my gosh, you feel a visceral, visceral pain. And if you're not from that particular background, so in this instance, if you're not black, it's very hard to relate, relate to that because you don't have that shared history, the shared um, challenges, struggles, seeing these types of images over and over again, having that fear that it could be someone, this could have happened to uh, a, a relative. I mean, I saw that girl and it's hard for me, for me to even say the words. I saw my daughter. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So the, the pain I feel for that girl's mother, I can't even begin to express in words. I mean, I, I had a whole day of filming planned yesterday. I had, and it's a good thing it was just filming and I wasn't planning to deliver any workshops or training because I physically just couldn't do it. My brain couldn't wrap my head around what I'd seen. And, and I advise people, don't watch those videos. I say that normally, but it was, I saw all these messages popping up or all these posts on Twitter popping up about, oh, the head teacher and what happened after this racist incident. And I just thought, oh, oh let me see what, what happened. What did the head teacher do? Because nobody was really explaining that. And I thought, okay, I'll just see this as a normal school fight because, you know, 
that happens in school uh, from time to time, right? Oh my gosh, no, I was so wrong. Anyway, as I said, I'm not gonna go into the video. But it's, what this is, is like, it's an accumulative effect, you know, because there these incidents are on the rise and we're hearing them more and more in the news. Just last year, there was a boy who broke his two fingers, if not lost his two fingers in Wales when he was trying to escape. Um, two boys were being, or a couple of boys, or, or boys that were being racist towards him. Hello? Like, why are we, like... <sighs> okay, I'm trying... As I do, when I deliver training, I have to, it has to be very measured. But this is me being very real and just telling you that, I'm telling you how I feel, okay? But I'm still trying to keep it educational because that's the point of these, right? So what I wanna say is this, racism in schools is on the rise, okay? So in 2021, the Guardian newspaper did um, a, a they found some evidence basically finding out, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words. Um, basically they found that 60,000 racist incidents had taken place in the five years beforehand. And that was in 2021. Um, and a lot of that was attributed to Brexit and what, hap what happened with Brexit. Um, you know, since then, or, you know, at the beginning of that, we, we had the pandemic. Uh, we now have a, ha um, a cost of living crisis, um, a rising levels in mental health difficulties amongst young people. And so these will also exacerbate the problem, okay? Racism in school is one of the biggest barriers to success for ethnic minority students. You know, I hear that racism in school and it's not just your direct forms of racism and that's the the biggest message that I would like communicated it's not just about those fights thank goodness you know that level of violence is not that common but it's more your microaggressions your unconscious biases we need to address these Okay, there's exclusions. Black Caribbean children are three times more likely to be excluded from schools. And evidence states it's because they're dealt with differently. So I'm not going to make this a long podcast episode today. I really, I really am not. I just want to say, I want to call, this is my call to action for teachers. Be willing to accept you have unconscious bias. We all as human beings have unconscious bias. Why did you pick the shoes that you're wearing today to wear? Because you like them. You like them over another pair of shoes, right? That's a bias. We all have conscious and unconscious bias. I teach this all the time and, and one of the biggest biases I find that people have is the blind spot bias, which basically states that I don't have bias. I don't have unconscious bias. We all do. And, uh, Again, if you're, you know, I'm not doing a session now where I can prove this to you, but if you take the implicit association test by Harvard University, I say this all the time, you will have your biases revealed to you, okay? And if it, after doing that, you're still questioning, you know, whether you have unconscious bias or not, ask yourself, what would it mean if you did have unconscious bias? Like, what is the fear? What would it mean if you discovered that you actually do have unconscious bias? Why might you be afraid of that answer, okay? Because we do all have it, okay? Um, 
And also that just related to that, you know, one, another bias is homophily. We tend to like people who are like us. It's just natural. It's how we've managed to, to survive as, as humans. We like people who are like us, but that can't exist in the vacuum. Okay, so even me, I, you know, I most of my friends look like me. I didn't consciously necessarily go out to get friends who look like me, but I've just been attracted or I've gravitated to the, that type of people. Most people are like that. I'm not saying it's just to do with the race, okay? It could be to do with your interests. It could be to do with your age or your, your intellectual level or, or whatever it might be. But there's something about our friends that have attracted us to them, okay? That's a bias. And it's often an unconscious one when it comes to our friends. So if that exists, this idea that um, we really like people who are like us, that can't exist in a vacuum. So there's going to be some people who we don't like as much. I know that's uncomfortable, okay? And I'm not saying that you have to have big open conversations about this because it feels horrible. It feels horrible, horrible to have these revealed. You know, because our unconscious biases often go in opposition to the very values that we hold dear to us, okay? So when you find out you have one, it can be quite shocking, okay? But listen to that because you can do something when you listen to that, when you acknowledge the fact that you have unconscious bias. But when you don't, you continue, you can continue to cause harm. So I want you to entertain the idea that racism, this is another point now, Entertain the idea that racism might be happening on a wider scale than you think within schools. We're talking about a school context today, right? Just, just entertain, you know, you might not believe it, you might not see anything, everything might be totally rosy in your school, but just for one minute, I ask you to think, what if there were some, you know, elements of racism happening within the school that I just wasn't seeing, that I'm just not seeing? What would that mean? What might you hear or see or be more open to if you just ask that question? Because often what I see is again, we're brought into a school, we're told about this apparently isolated incident, yet still, when we do the training, again, we find teachers who uh, don't believe they have unconscious bias, okay? But when they hear about microaggressions, fully admit, oh my gosh, I say that. I do that. This will all be contributing to the racism that students and staff, ethnic minority students and staff, will be facing. We cannot afford to ignore this because what these unconscious and uh, unconscious biases and microaggressions do is that they reinforce the idea that you are different, you are not part of the norm, you don't belong, you are the other. And so can you imagine as a child what that does to you emotionally and mentally if you're constantly being subconsciously told that you do not belong? Well, I can tell you, already it's contributing to the, the, the mental health decline of young people. It's changing them on a cellular level. Their epigenetics, they're changing. It's contributing to future illnesses for them. It's contributing to their emotional well, declining their emotional well-being. And often it's going unaddressed because teachers won't, not always, not all, but some will not be open to the idea that they have unconscious bias towards ethnic minorities. So my call to action also is to get educated, 
to be educated, read the book, start with, um, I mean, there's loads, Nice Racism by, there's two books actually by um, Robin D'Angelo, Nice Racism, I think it's great because I think for a lot of middle-class white people in this country, um, they will say they're not racist or, or that they don't participate in that system, but yet still, will subject ethnic minorities to racial microaggressions over and over again. So nice, nice racism talks about how we're polite and we don't talk about certain things to do with the race. And because of that, it's participating in that system. She also has the book, um, White Fragility. And, and Robin D'Angelo, just because I think it helps sometimes to say this, is a white woman. So definitely um, check those books out. Of course, um, you can hire us, but that's not, you don't even have to hire us. I'm saying wherever you get the education, get the education, get the training and make sure that it's a high quality level of training. Okay. So that it's not just, um, I'm just going to say this, that don't feel as though when you're doing diversity, equity and inclusion training, that because you've done that for like all the protected characteristics that it's done and dusted. When we're talking about race, it's a whole, there's a whole area that needs to be explored and it's uncomfortable and it takes time. So often when doing a, a DEI training session or day or something, they're important and they're necessary. But if you really want to deal with race, you need an anti-racism training session or, or, or uh, sessions or courses, okay? Um, finally, my call to action is to create a racial safeguarding policy. Ah, I can't tell you enough about the urgency of this because uh, children face racism on a regular basis, whether they know it or not, they are being harmed. They are being emotionally uh, subjected to um, attacks, verbal attacks, uh, subconscious attacks, again, being told that you do not belong, and that has a damaging effect. So by creating a racial safeguarding policy, you can, you can um, have um, rules, regulations, guidance in place as to what constitutes microaggressions. So when somebody says, if you're unsure what, you know, of an example of one, and somebody says, um, oh, I don't see colour, we can counteract that and say, well, actually, it's important to see colour because then we see the, the, the uh, problems, we see the challenges, we see the nuances in experiences, and we don't just assume that everybody has the same experience as, as one group of people, okay? So that's it. That's, that's what I want to say. Um, you know, we're just in very serious times, and I just felt that I needed to make this episode right now um, just because I, I see so much evidence of people just kind of not listening, not thinking it's that bad. You know, we all paid attention during the pandemic when the George Floyd video surfaced, you know, because we were all at home and it caused people to think. And, and what's been good uh, as a result of that is that there are more conversations in the workplace about racism. We're not in the pandemic like we were, you know, a few years ago, but I'm telling you, Racism is on the rise and I want people to, even if they've not seen that video, now please do not look at the video, particularly if you're black, but I want you to be aware of its existence and just the, the hatred, be aware of the hatred that exists, the anti-black racism, look that up. Oh, there's so much to talk about. 
But um, as always, we're here to help. So we have our online training, anti-racism training that you can check out, Time to Talk About Race. It's, it's CPD accredited. So any organizations, and we have organizations on that. We have universities on that. We have a theater uh, company, or, or a theater, should I say, organization on there. We have, um, we have charities on there and so on. And so get your organization learning, okay? It's assessed. So you can't just go in there and just watch the video and say, oh, I've learned something. No, you have to pass an assessment in order to finish, to pass, okay? Or we can do the face-to-face -face stuff. Either way, get people educated. Like I said, it doesn't have to be with us. It'd be great if it was, but it doesn't have to be with us, okay? Just please, I'll just go over my call to actions one more time, actually. Be willing to accept that everybody has unconscious bias, including you, all right? Um, entertain the idea that racism might be happening on a wider scale than you think. And please, finally, oh, the two things, get educated, okay? And, and the last one, create a racial safeguarding policy. That's it, I'm out.